name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wondered why you couldn't hear me, or I couldn't hear myself. It's not good. Every one of us sitting in this room has had a religious experience. Now you may be sitting there thinking, oh, she's talking to everyone else except for me, because I used to sit there and say that to myself. But we've all had religious experiences. We may not recognize that they are a religious experience. I've always been envious of the people who have had that born-again religious experience because something happens to them that is so profound and so palpable that they feel born again in a very profound way, that something has occurred, that they've experienced God in a new way that they find transforming, that their lives are forever changed. And it's so powerful that most of the time they want to go out and tell people about it. Never had that kind of religious experience. Mine was more of a waking up kind of experience. That my grandmother dragged me to church a long time ago and somehow I found out about the love of God and strayed away for a long period of time and like Sleeping Beauty gradually woke up to the fact that there must be something beyond myself. So for me it was a very gradual waking up. But in the gradual waking up there were some Kairos moments where something happens and touches your heart and you have an experience of God, but it takes someone else to point it out to you. So if you tell them the story of this moment where your heart feels open and something's going on, and they say, well, that's God working in your life. And we thank God for those people who tell you it's God working in your life, because then that helps us wake up that, yes, God is working in our lives. Now, John the Baptist had a real Kairos moment, a real experience of God, because he was out proclaiming, preparing the way for Jesus, and then he comes upon Jesus at the Jordan. And he realizes this is the person, the Son of God. And he's so taken aback by being in Jesus' presence. And Jesus says, I want you to baptize me. He's like, no. You're, you're here to baptize us. I can't baptize you. But Jesus convinces him, and he baptizes Jesus. And Jesus comes up out of the water, and all of a sudden from the clouds, this voice comes out and says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Talk about a moment, a religious experience. I mean, you would think that that would be it, right? If we were there at the Jordan with Jesus, that would be it. We'd be done. We'd be religious unbelievably, we'd be out telling the world there would never be another moment. What else do you need? I mean, can you imagine being in the presence of Christ at his baptism, hearing God's voice come out and proclaim his son? Well, today's gospel, we find John in prison. Now, back then, when you were in prison, it's not because you were sentenced to a prison term. There were only three things that could happen if you were in prison. You could be exonerated, exiled, or executed. You like that alliteration? I worked hard on that. 
exonerated, exiled, or executed. That was it. You didn't stay in prison. And so John's in prison, and he sends a message to Jesus through his disciples and says to Jesus, are you really the one? Oh, man. This is like when the smartest kid in class raises his hand and asks the stupid question. It's like, how can you do that? How can you, of all people, be asking Jesus if you're the one? After that incredible religious experience, you're having doubts at this point in your life? It's scary. We all have doubts. Every one of us has doubts. Even though we may be coming and worshiping and having a sense of God in our lives, but everyone, even John the Baptist, who experienced Jesus in the flesh, is now wondering if this person is really the one. Now, John's a prophet. He's one of those people who's outspoken. He says what he thinks. And he goes against the authority, and he's out there shooting off his mouth, and they want to get rid of him because he's stirring up the people. And maybe John's in prison thinking that Jesus should break him out or should come and help him or be present to him or, or figure out a way to overthrow the oppressive Roman government. So he sends this thing to Jesus, are you the one? And what does Jesus say? Jesus tells the disciples, go back and tell John that I'm healing the sick, I'm helping the blind see, the deaf to hear, the dead to rise. What is Jesus doing? Jesus is out healing people. He's healing people. Every vision, every kingdom needs a prophet like John who prepares the way, who goes and tells the people, this isn't right. There is a different way. There's a different vision for life, for humanity. And then he gets thrown in jail. We've had other prophets, like Martin Luther King, who says, this isn't right, that this is repressive, oppressive, that we need justice to happen. And there's the person who becomes the spokesperson, who prepares the way. And most of the time, we shoot those people because the people in power don't want their power disrupted. They don't want things to change. But it's not just the prophet that causes the change or the transformation to happen. It's all the people who follow behind. Martin Luther King is not solely responsible for civil rights. It's the countless people who have come behind Martin Luther King, who has followed in the preparations that he made that have begun the changes, that are still working on the changes to create a system of justice instead of oppression. But in order to follow behind the prophet, we need to be healed. We can't do anything when we're wounded, when we're paralyzed with betrayal or guilt or a diagnosis, or whatever it is that has wounded us. And Jesus knows that, and that's how Jesus works with us, is that Jesus comes to heal. Now, the Christmas season is a time, in Advent at least, where we're preparing for Christmas. We're preparing for the perfect moment, that hallmark Christmas card. 
And we set ourselves up because that doesn't exist. The perfect moment, the fantasy moment. Now, unless, of course, you go to the nutcracker. Where's Max? He said I would bring that into the sermon. Unless, of course, you go to the nutcracker, and then you can have your fantasy moment. But it's not true with families and houses and all the stuff. You know, we look for the perfect things to happen. And typically, when we're looking for perfection, it's because something inside of us needs healing. I had a friend who was always angry at her husband at Christmas time. He never got her what she wanted. And I said, well, did you make a list? And she said, uh, no. I said, well, did you tell him what you wanted? No. I think, well, how can the man get you what you want? I mean, what do you think they have these wish lists on the computer for? You know, you put it up there, and then you leave websites laying around or whatever you need to do, but, you know, the man cannot read your mind. She wanted him to read her mind. She thought he should be able to read her mind, that the fact that he didn't read her mind was just evidence that he didn't know and love her enough. She wanted the perfect gift, but yet the poor guy had no clue. These are the ways we set ourselves up, and what, in reality, what she needed was healing because she didn't feel loved as a person. She didn't feel known as a person. And that wound came back from her childhood, and it had been with her to this day and now is being projected onto her poor husband who's out in the mall going, ah, I don't know what to get her. Because he too couldn't fulfill what she needed, because what she needed was healing. This is the time of year that we can open ourselves up to be healed, to ask for the grace of God so that we can forgive those we need to forgive, that we can accept the diagnosis that we've been given, that we can make ourselves available out of a sense of thanksgiving to those around us. It's a time of healing. Because this is a time of year where we want the feeling of love that comes from Jesus to be born again in our hearts. It's the child that comes where we put hope and love and all sorts of things into a child. Now, it is that symbol that brings us together, that we all look at a child and say, this is miraculous. This child is full of hope, full of potential. We can gather around the child. And we know that this particular child that we, we are preparing for is, comes from the love of God. But all children come from love. Now God saw fit to send us a newborn baby, so can you bring her up here? The, the baby. Yeah, she's here. Yeah, bring her right on up. Just parade her through the aisle. Can you come through the middle? Just parade her. He, she's coming. I want you all to look at this child. Oh, my goodness sakes. Wow. Look at her. How old is she, Jennifer? Four weeks on Monday. Four weeks on Monday. Can I have her? Hi, <laughs> <laughs> baby. I know. I don't care if she spits up. That's all right. Look at this. 
Now, is there any better sermon illustration than this? You can applaud, it's okay. This is what God sent us, an innocent baby, Jesus. Now that tiny baby grew up to be someone who expressed God's love in the most perfect way you can express God's love. And that's what babies are. They're an expression of God's love. It's the gift of life. And in this Christmas season, we need to open our hearts to the healing love of God so that whatever wounds we have gathered along the way can be healed so that we too can be born again through the love of Christ. So that's the end of the sermon, but I gotta say a prayer for the baby. Do you wanna come up? Come on up. Gracious and holy God, we give you thanks for this perfect little girl, for the love that has brought her into this world, and for the love that will sustain her. We give thanks that as a community we are able to witness this child and the love of God that brings her to us. Help us as we continue through the season of Advent to open our hearts to your healing love so that we too can come to you out of a sense of thanksgiving and have you again born in our hearts. All this we give thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.